Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since it first started tumbling into Ireland through the old pirate coves of West Cork and in the stomachs of drug mules coming from Miami, cocaine has become the drug of our nation. It has swept in like a blizzard, dusting every corner of every small town. And so swift and total has its spread been that the Irish are now some of the biggest users in the world. But to unravel how a small island like ours on the edge of Europe ended up such a big player in the major cocaine leagues, we must follow the white supply lines back to the beginning. We must follow the routes it has taken as it travels across the globe. And most importantly, we need to follow the cowboys who put us on the map. So join me, Nicola Talent, for my new live show, Cocaine Cowboys, the story of Ireland's love affair with Colombia's biggest export. Limited tickets now available for February 10th at the Lime Tree Theatre in Limerick, February 15th in Cork's Everyman and at Dublin's Three Olympia on Sunday, February 18th. Tickets available at venues are on mcd.ie. Jonathan Harding is Liam Byrne's right-hand man, the guy that he trusts to do his logistics. Gardy certainly believed back in 2010 that this was a, a shipment that was directly ordered by Liam Byrne to be collected and managed by Jonathan Harding. He had that association going back years, not as a soldier, if you want, in the Crumlin Drimna feud, but as somebody Liam Byrne trusted to do that kind of work. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Criminal Jonathan Harding, a.k.a. Rocketman, has been released from prison after serving his time for his role in Thomas Bomber Kavanagh's Weapons HQ, busted in 2017. Harding, a trusted member of the cartel's Dublin outfit, cut a lonely figure as he walked his dog near his Crumlin home in recent weeks, with most of his associates locked up and many facing lengthy sentences both here and abroad. So what is next for Harding? Will he return to a life of crime or will he finally be forced to make an honest living? 
Today, I'm talking with Niall Donald about Harding, about his overlords and their grim positions on heavy charges, and about the coming months as pressure builds on the most senior figures in the Kinahan cartel. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. You'd have to wonder what is next for guys like Jonathan Harding, just been released from prison, returned to his home and to his partner, um, but directly linked to the Kinahan cartel, to a weapons headquarters raided out in uh, Rathcool in 2017. And a guy who has been, he's convicted of, of drug dealing now, money laundering and on weapons charges as well. Like, do you go back into the game or do you just keep your head down? Well, he's gone back into the game before. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Harding is, you know, by all accounts, not a particularly hard man, mm-hmm. but he's been at the centre of organised crime for well over two decades now. His first major conviction was in 2004 when he got six years for, I think it was 800 thousand pounds worth of heroin and cannabis. So he's been in organized crime at least mm. that long. Uh, and that's what, yeah, what else has he got? I mean, we obviously had pictures of him in the Sunday world. Uh, on Sunday, our reporter Pat O'Connell uh, confronted him outside his house. And you can see Jonathan Harding, if you look at it up online or have bought the paper, you can see Jonathan Harding not uh, walking a... a, a Not a very aggressive looking dog. Not very aggressive, yeah. Not your typical drug dealer dog, which maybe were category or stereotyping drug dealers that they all like bull terriers or or pit bulls. This is more a cockapoo. Something like that. Is it even a cockapoo? Well, I think it's a cockapoo with its haircut. Okay. Because they look kind of scrawny when they get those hairdos. About your greater knowledge, but definitely either way, not a ferocious type of animal. Yeah. Um, And that's actually what I sort of heard about Jonathan Harding for despite his... uh, Small dog. No, that, that he's not a ferocious type of person on an individual level. However, however, he has been very much at the centre of a murderous uh, organisation, the Kinning Cartel, for a long, long time. Like, um, would you wonder though, I mean, so he's caught with 800,000 mm. euros worth of, what was that, cocaine? Well, it was, no, it was heroin, heroin, heroin and heroin. Can- some cannabis, cannabis as well. In 2004. Yeah. In 2010, he's caught with... Well, he's, he's, he's arrested but not charged in connection with a major uh, cocaine shipment that was traced directly to, to Spain, the port of Benus. Um, and along with the cocaine were two uh, rocket launchers. Yeah. And this was kind this of... One of the first guard operations mounted against the Kinahan cartel. But like he's in possession... Well, of he, these well, weapons, he, he's he's found they're found in Stratford in County Kildare. Yeah, and he's, he's the not, guy in charge of them essentially. Yeah, but he wasn't. No, he wasn't found in possession of them, mm. but would have been seen going in and out of the property where they were recovered. Mm. Uh, he was arrested, but not charged. But he was. Uh, we 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 actually put him on the front page of the Sunday World at the time. Um, and he was, yeah, he, he, he avoided conviction on that occasion. However, he's, you know, seven years later, he was found uh, in possession and convicted of one of the, probably the, the most infamous arsenal of weapons that had been used uh, from Green Oak in County Kildare that had been the stash house for 
the Kinahan weapons that were to be used in the feud, um, I think it was described as enough to arm a small country. Mm. Um, it included uh, nine revolvers, four pistols, a submachine gun, an assault rifle. And Jonathan Harding was a very much a, a key figure in that weapons arsenal. So although somebody described him as, oh, you'd think he was absolutely harmless if you talk to him, a harmless LD just... Uh, there's obviously that sort of weaponry uh, only had one purpose in mind, uh, which was to murder rivals. So, you know, appearances can be deceiving, I suppose. But well, at that time in 2017, he was watched while he was driving a van. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to establish, like, he, so he wasn't the main man there. That was uh, Declan, Mr. Nobody. Brady, obviously, was the, the guy in charge of that weapons headquarters at the Green Oak Business Park, which was raided in January 24th, 2017. But is he transporting this stuff? Is he, is he, he's, he's kind of going in and out of these places where there's storage facilities for weapons and... um. He's clearly very unlucky. The amount of times he is well, caught, I mean, he's you don't know what he, but you don't know what he wasn't caught with. What he was caught, no, that is true. But I've just tried to establish where he sits in in the well, greater scheme of things. If, he's a lieutenant. He's a well. If we he's a look, workman. Well, we for as I said, we first named him in two thousand and ten, and at the time that was, I think, obviously, Lean Byrne had been in the papers at the time he was convicted of assault and he might have been mentioned a couple of times in relation to the to the to the Crumlin Drimna feud. But at that time when we named him 2010, we described him 100 percent Jonathan Harding as Lean Burns' right hand man. Mm. That he is the guy that he trusts to do his logistics. That Lean Byrne at the time was spending a lot of time in Port of Benus, obviously in or around the the Kinnons who are living there at that stage. And that Gardy certainly believed back in 2010 mm. that this was a, a shipment that was directly ordered by Lean Byrne to be collected and managed by Jonathan Harding. Mm. And that that although he was a, a you know probably a decade older than Liam Byrne, he had that association going back years, not as a soldier, if you want, in the Crumlin Drimna feud, but as somebody Liam Byrne trusted mm. to do that kind of work. So certainly a very much a trusted lieutenant. And between 2010 then and 2017, he was sort of sidestepped by Sean McGovern, who became Liam Byrne's right-hand man before he became Daniel Kinahan's right-hand man. Very ambitious McGovern. We're going to talk about him later in the week. But uh, he, um, Harding is obviously, you know, sort of in the... Yeah, but it's definitely that he's a, he is in the Byrne organised crime group. Which is, where are we there with that? You see, what is he coming out is what I'm trying to get at. You know, he, this was a kind of a, a workman. This was a, a not a properly an organiser. He was very significant in the Byrne organisation. And obviously the, the 2017 weapons were seized from what was described as Bomber Kavanaugh's HQ. So that's the sort of the overlord yeah. grouping of the Byrne organisation. But they are being decimated. He's coming out and um, yeah, like, he's, uh, he's pretty alone there. He's pretty alone. And remember, I suppose people like Jonathan Harding, if you look at, he, he obviously was found in possession of drugs in 2004, was arrested in 2010. So he didn't give up any names, obviously, at any mm. of these points. And they become somebody who's extremely trusted um, 
by the burn organized crime group that can that can do these things but that, that is also able to keep their mouth shut and there is a, a a particular value for Jonathan Harding because you heard ultimately after the, the guns were seized and he was charged in connection with them he also ultimately um uh faced charges in connection with the money that was that was going through accounts mm. associated with him uh, he pled guilty to five charges of converting transferring or handling property which is obviously money, the proceeds of criminal conduct. So basically he had this money washing through his account, but also through his partner's account, Carol Davis. Mm. Um, Carol Davis ultimately was convicted as well. Um, but a forensic accountant was brought in to look at the money and it revealed that, you know, for example, that Jonathan Harding spent over 44000 on travel alone between 2014 and 2016, and that 40000 was sent, spent on a mobile home. Um, you know, that there was huge amounts of money going in and out of those accounts, mm. um, and that he claimed, I think it was to be an electrician, but there was no proof of receipts or proof of work. So there's there was huge uh, money involved for them as you know as you said not not a, a an absolute uh, I suppose mm. a, a managerial role as opposed to a, a directing role and I think in total over those five years between 2012 and 2016 more than 470,000 was lodged to five accounts in either the name of Harding or his partner Carol Davis with more than 422,000 withdrawn so that's a huge amount of a huge amount of money and I obviously want to have any assets because want that any. caravan you can, or mobile home. Well, mobile home is long gone. No doubt be, uh, anything else that's there as well will be subject to Criminal Assets Bureau. So you're looking at, at those are the, like that's the, the, the income that went into these accounts. Yeah. Obviously there's a huge amount of cash being spent. Is that income his earnings solely or, you know, they did wash money around one another's accounts very much so, you know, the Kinahan organisation, the burn grouping, um, you know, money was put into somebody's account to be taken out, to be given to Look, various people. It's hard to know, isn't it's it? It's very hard to know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they're not going to say. Because that's over how many years? That's over like 2012 to 2016, so four, four, four years. Five. So 100 grand a year he earned. Yeah, well, that's exactly. And that's, 100 grand a year, but no tax. So that's 200. No tax, yeah. But that's obviously... Not a bad salary. That's presumably, like, that's not, presumably there's loads of wedges of cash going around that aren't yeah. ever lodged in a bank account. Um, obviously, his partner Carol Davis also was convicted of of, of uh, similar charges. However, she said she didn't know what the money was for, and he uh, said the guards that she didn't know anything about it. But however, she was still convicted. Um, mm. So that's he was then spent time in Mountjoy Prison for the most part, but has got out about Christmas, and he joins, I suppose, as you see, Liam Byrne, his 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 boss just beginning his journey through the criminal system. Um, Jonathan Harding jo joins a wave of those really, which are really key uh, burn organised crime group figures who are now coming to the end of their prison sentence, mm -hmm. um, including Liam Brannigan, uh, Liam Byrne's first cousin, uh, Dean Howe, his first cousin on the other side, and also I suppose people like Graeme the Week Whelan, who's out a bit, a bit longer. So they're all coming to the he end. seems to have been slightly moved away from them, I think, over the past few years. You could see him when he came back to Dublin and that he seemed to be sort of establishing himself in a business, a bin business actually, but seemed to be establishing himself as a separate entity to 
there seems to have been a big, bit of a falling out there, I would have thought, would you? Yeah, I think Whelan, so. I, I think mean, we've heard bits about it, but... Yeah, I, um, I, I think he hasn't particularly come on the radar in, mm. since he's he's got out of prison. Um, the problem for Liam Brannigan, Dean Howe, and now Jonathan Harding is, firstly, what to do. Yeah. So, okay, they've, you know, and particularly Harding, we can see he's gone back into the game again and again. Interestingly, the revenue figures showed... Uh, he had declared income of 6,800 yeah. euro for 2014, 22,000 for 2015 and 34,000 for 2016, quite cleverly trying to maintain that, uh, you know, his business was doing a little bit better each year. Yeah. But nonetheless, obviously living a different way. But like for them, there's absolutely no question, but they are going to remain on the guard radar heavily. Yeah. For the foreseeable future, I mean, it's it's a very, it's still a volatile time for that wider Kinahan grouping, the you know the Byrne organisation, the 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 Kavanaugh wing, you know, there's court cases going ahead in the UK. The leaders of the grouping are facing firearms charges in the UK, hefty sentencing. Um, you know, there's movement afoot at last in relation to the return of Sean McGovern and Daniel Kinahan to Ireland. Um, you know, there's Gardaí being deployed to Dubai for the coming months to sort of oversee that. Um, and there's no doubt, but these people identified and identified as being so heavily in, embedded within the, the Kinahan organisation I mean, you'd like to think that they're not going to be able to establish themselves again. No, I mean, I think that... And will they have a desire to? I don't know. I mean, he's 52 years old now, Jonathan Harding. What's he going to do? Well, I'm not worried about him. I'm just wondering, you know. <laughs> well, a lot of walking of his dog, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's it, you I know... I mean, Liam Brannigan, who would have been a significant figure and who would have always been seen as being quite high up, very close to Daniel Kinahan, etc. He didn't seem to do prison too easily and seems to be very adamant that he ain't going back. So any of those guys, I mean, if they seriously try to regroup, regather, um, or do anybody's bidding... Uh, in look, the coming years, they're going to be straight back into prison. Yeah, there's look, there's no doubt that there's people, criminals, serious criminals uh, who really struggle with prison life and there's others that seem to adapt to it mm-hmm. and cope with it quite well. Um, look, it's just a personality thing, I suppose, I don't know. But Liam Brannigan was always said to be one that that wasn't able for or certainly did really struggled with that life. There's other people who seem to go in there and... Uh, I'm with him, Brannigan. Yeah. I would really struggle. Yeah. I, I, ju- I would feel, I don't know how people do prison. Yeah. The claustrophobia of it, the lack of privacy. Yeah. Do you know, the obviously the lack of freedom, your liberty to walk out the door, walk down to the shops, go whatever. Um, I think I would find it psychologically very hard. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's the very structured life some people struggle with. Uh, some people struggle with being controlled, which you are in That's prison, the, obviously. There's that too, yeah. That would yeah. make me feel claustrophobic, being yeah. told what to do, when to eat. Yeah, and there's no way around that, like, no. ultimately. It just it doesn't work otherwise. There's other guys who do seem to go in and kind of like that, ultimately. Mm. Like the regularity, do their weights, like the... 
the male company. I don't mean mm. that in any other sense other than, you know, so Liam Brannigan seems to have been somebody who's struggled. I think they, we've we've heard that about Pater Keating as well, another key figure in the Burn Organised Crime Group that he hates prison, struggles with it. You know, maybe they have more to lose, those guys. And I can tell you, anybody who knows him mm. says that Daniel Kinahan will not do prison easily and never has yeah. been in prison. Yeah. And of course, in his life. And Liam Brannigan, of course. What's he coming 50 now? Well, yeah, slightly younger, but yeah, not not far off it. And Liam Brannigan as well, um, remember, uh, he did not do significant time before mm. before his 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 recent conviction uh for uh his involvement in an attempted hit on Gary Hanley. But Liam Brannigan had a number of very minor convictions throughout his life up until that point and had avoided it. Do some of the other guys uh, you know, go to prison very early on in their adult lives? seem to have a kind of a rhythm with it. But yeah, people like Daniel Kinnan, even people like Fat Freddie Thompson until his, 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 his being sentenced for life, um, they haven't had, they've had periods in and out mm-hmm. of custody, but never major prison sentences. So yeah, Daniel Kinnan, uh obviously his father, yeah. Christy Senior, seemed to adapt to prison life, didn't he? He um, seemed to use it to his advantage, yeah. didn't he always? Yeah. You know, there's it's not a myth that he studied in prison. It's not a myth that he made very strong connections with other criminals. And it's not a myth that he used his time to learn languages and all that. That's the truth of the matter. Uh, I think he's a very different sort of a mind, a different brain. He's obviously um, a very peculiar sort of an individual uh, and seems to be able to live anywhere and adapt to anything new. I wonder, is is he a family man? Is he not? Like, that's the other thing. I certainly know when you, you mentioned Pater Keating, um, I think he very much was a family man, is a family man. And you get a big, long sentence like that and your kids are a certain age, you're going to miss their whole childhoods. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They might be brought in and out to see you a little bit, but you're not there. No. And I don't think any, like if you look at Daniel Kinnahan since the age of, well, when he first appeared in the Sunday World, when he was he 20 years old or mm. whatever, since that age, he's probably had effectively nobody tell him really what to do, mm. except for his dad, maybe. His whole life, he's been telling other people what to do, doing what he likes, uh, spending what he likes, going where he likes. So it's harder for those type of people, I think, then to, to Will adapt he, to. Do you think he'll take a controlling role in Portlaoise Prison? Well, I think we'll see... Um, He's still the man paying the wages, so there's still going to be the respect from there. Oh, 100%. um, And he will be a celebrity uh, Mm. in Portlaoise Prison if if that's where he ends up. uh, If, you know, the guards... stated attempt to, to bring him back to the country and convict him is realised. Um, so We're slightly preempting because we don't know that the DPP has, uh, as of yet, come back with no, charges for him. But though Drew Harris has spoken openly mm-hmm. about uh, bringing these people to to you know to justice and convicting them, but um, yeah, I don't I don't know how how what it would be like for them. But the Irish Prison Service, I think, would have would put in a very structured plan and um, we've seen how other uh, gangland f- bosses across the world 
um, have gone into prison and attempted to continue to run things from their prison cells. And increasingly, the people in charge of those prison systems have had to uh, innovate and shut that down. Um, you obviously to see the extreme lengths they've gone to in the US where, you know, major figures like El Chapo or, and these types of guys are in effectively solitary confinement for 20 years and they have no opportunity to get up to anything. Uh, that's not going to happen here, but I think there would be um, different plans put in place if somebody of Daniel Kinnan's magnitude was brought to prison. I don't think he'd be given the freedom that that other people are allowed within the prison system. And it seems that uh, Sean McGovern is very close to uh, his end if if he is, if everything goes to plan and he most certainly will be brought back. We know there are charges for him, murder charges, and we're going to do a full and proper podcast on him and a little bit about his background. Um, but he will certainly undoubtedly go directly into sort of, is it the Kinnahan wing now in Port Leash? Well, there is there is a Kinnahan wing mm. and there's obviously other wings and other prisons that are where their associates are 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 there. But Port Leash prison is, you know, Ireland's only high, mm. it's regarded as Ireland's only high security prison and has obviously people from the defence forces there on, on a permanent basis to monitor it. And that's where that's where they will go for sure. Mm. Uh, did Jonathan Harding have anything to say? Rocket man? No, he, he ran away. Uh, did he? He ran away. Uh, ran away? Yeah. I mean, Rocket Man uh, obviously was a, a Sunday world, one that stuck. We had some good pictures of him then, of course, as well over the years, because amazingly, like... Um, like all of these guys who get these major convictions, remember he'd served six years or whatever he'd served of that sentence uh, in prison. And um, when he got out, he'd gone on a trip to the US mm. and um, just to just to, to to help the Sunday world out, had posed with a load of pictures of guns on the oh. shooting range in the US. And it's amazing uh, how all these guys, you know, if I remember, you know, you talk to people, uh, people you know and I know or whoever, normal people, and they say, oh no, I wouldn't like to uh, not pay my TV license because I'd never get into the never get into the States again because <laughs> I'd have a criminal record. But all these guys, despite six years of heroin and, and cannabis, they just go into the US. I think they just, have you any criminal convictions? No, I don't. And that's yeah, it. They know. You see, they're kind of good at lying, I suppose. But um, he, so he had nothing to say. He's certainly nothing not up for a sit-down interview or... No, not up for like a that. sit-down interview. He, he ran away, um, uh, you know, but yeah, he, that's that's the trip to the US. Um, we had loads of, I mean, Jared Hatchett Kavanaugh as well. We had on trips to the US. It's it's always it's been a a, a a a fruitful source of stories for us that these guys are able to get in and out of there. Well, I suppose there's so many of those Estas going yeah. through every day. Yeah. But, you know, you can't check them all. You can't check them all. Can't so check them all. you could just probably, if you were, if you were so inclined, you could tell a honker and hope for the yeah. best. Well, if they and refused if, you, they refused you. Exactly. And if you're willing to get involved in storing uh, an, uh, enough for an ar- to arm a small country, you're probably willing to lie in an immigration form, are you? Probably. But you're still probably not willing to speak to the Sunderer. No. And I'm sure Pat O'Connell was very polite in how he approached Mr. Harding and... Uh, you know, would have offered him every opportunity to. He always is, Pat. Always polite. Side of things. The most uh, photographed back of Pat's head. head yeah, is exactly. In, in the in the history of Irish journalism. Right. We'll uh, come back anyway to McGovern and others, and um, you know, ongoing towards 
the next couple of months it looks like it's going to be pretty lively and pretty active when it comes to um, Kinahan's stories yeah I think things are stepping up for sure mm. okay now thanks Nicola you've been listening to Crime World a podcast from sundayworld.com produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me Nicola Talent. research assistant is Claude Amini if you like this show and love true crime Leave us a review, or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take the Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.